Hello, welcome to the Biz Talk Live Show. I am your host, Shantae Alrighty. As you know, we come every week, right, to bring you a brand new entrepreneur story. We bring on entrepreneurs who uh, can share with you their journey, so it will inspire and empower you to pursue your dreams. They give you tips, tools to so that you thrive in business. So come on in, take a seat, join us. Please hit the love button. Share out this broadcast to other entrepreneurs that you know. Please drop any comments that you have. Leave questions. If we don't get to your questions during the live broadcast, because we really want to get the story right, uh, we always do follow up after the show. If you missed the live, right? If you missed the live, don't worry. Come back for the replay. Hashtag replay in the comments. Okay. So we're going to get right to it. This week, we have a um, fabulous woman here with us, Charity Angel. How are you? I'm wonderful. Wonderful. A little nervous, but great. <laughs> we're so glad to have you here. Uh, she is one of my connections. Um, so glad to have you here. She is the CEO of the Diamond Lab, right? I love that, the Diamond Lab. So, Charity, let's get right into it. Can you tell our audience, audience, I see you out there. Can you share with us who you are, what you do, and who you serve? Let's start there. Okay. Well, I'm Charity Barrett, and actually, um, I have been self-employed since uh, 2006. Um, at the age of 25, turning 26, I decided um, I needed more. I needed more, so I decided to go into business for myself, and what I did was I actually decided to open up quite a few businesses all at one time, so I'm in several industries, actually, and the Diamond Lab is my most uh, recent venture, but I serve people, the human... That's, that's what I've always done. My businesses are always um, about people, for people. They're usually service-based and oftentimes in middle and low-income areas. So um, I basically, I think I've just been wired that way to want to make sure that I provide services that are affordable to people that need them. Things like childcare, assisted living, um, just just a number of things and with the diamond lab that's really to that's for the entrepreneurs for the entrepreneurs definitely fantastic okay so you do a lot you have multiple businesses and i'm glad you say that because you can bring that perspective i know there are a lot of us that we don't have one initiative going on we have multiples mm -hmm. right um but i want to start there because Sometimes for a lot of us, we get like overwhelmed. We try to do really do too much, right? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're creative, we're visionaries, we have all these ideas, but sometimes we try to do too much um, and then we're not effective at anything, right? Yeah. So yeah. because you were able to launch multiple businesses, I know I, I did. Um, and I know when I launched my business, I, I my two businesses, I, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into trying to manage two like businesses. And so I think it, it really depends on the, the models of your yes. business too um, yes. and your, your planning. So there's a lot that goes into it, but can you let our audience know, since you have multiple businesses in the service base, uh, their service based businesses, what made you just decide to do multiples at once? And, and once you made that decision, what strategies did you use to make sure that you didn't get overwhelmed, right? And that you were effective at it? Okay, well, I believe in transparency. So what <laughs> what caused me to do multiple businesses besides being absolutely crazy? Um, I, I've always been that person, like the overachiever, the person who, even when I was in school, I didn't want one extracurricular activity. I wanted three. I didn't want one AP class. I wanted five. You know, it's just, it's that kind of um, attitude I've always had all of my life. And it just ended up applying to business. I got motivated because I was going through a divorce and a single parent to a three-year-old. And I was just like, you know what, if I'm going to do this thing, I'm going all in, but I also felt like I didn't want all my eggs in one basket. So 
I decided to go out and I started all these different businesses and I purchased like three homes in a row. And just really, it was, I had no degree in business. I had examples of entrepreneurs in my family, like my mom and my dad. So that gave me some courage. And I knew that being in business for yourself could work. But choosing all those different businesses is because I wanted to diversify. I was excited. But as far as how did I actually um, implement a business model that made it effective, I didn't initially. (laughs) I didn't initially. I actually... You know how you jump in and you really don't know what you're getting yourself into and you start figuring out as you go along. So I would say I survived it, but it was not always the most effective. I learned along the way that I probably should have done it a little differently. Um, So, but as I started growing in these businesses and, and, and expanding my circle and meeting people who joined my team, that saved me having a team that absolutely saved me. And so I'll say that um, just trying to make sure that you streamline things and you, back then I had never heard the word scale. That's not even a word I've heard until like the most recent two to three years, but I didn't even realize that's what I was actually doing because I was trying to make sure that for one business, whatever that industry was, if I had three of those locations, I tried to make sure that Every process was the same for each business, learning how to use like Dropbox, making sure we had templates and things, making sure that we had staff meetings and just training everybody to do the same thing, using the same vendors for each facility. So as I started doing that, and as I said, with the help of other people, it at least became tolerable, but it was very difficult in the beginning, very difficult. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. I'm this is what this is about, transparency, right? <laughs> so we always start, but none of us are perfect when we get started, right? We yeah. just know we have big dreams, we have an idea, or we have a product, or we have a service, or we have our gift, uh, we have a passion passion for something. Um, but that doesn't mean we have it all together. <laughs> no, all. no. Um, and this is where the learning comes in, right? Yeah. Um being open and willing to learning along the way and reaching out for that help. So I like how you mentioned that it was people around you and getting a team in place that really helped you to be able to grow in your business. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, wh- wherever you are in your business, you, you need to make sure that you're getting the help that you need, that you're reaching out to people. Um, so I think that that's super fan fantastic um, what you're mm-hmm. able to do. You also mentioned diversification. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to talk about that because I mentioned that a lot. Um, and I think I mentioned it yesterday. Um, I mentioned something to the point of, you know, Walmart has a lot of products, right? Why don't you? Yep. Yeah. Uh, why, why you only have one? And some people yep, don't even exactly. have one, right? Or we have service-based entrepreneurs that have no products. It's like they there's one thing not taking into consideration that we're in industries that everything is seasonal. You're not always on a high Mm-mm. in your service. If you're a consultant, if you're a coach, if you're selling a product, there's there's hills and valleys, right? Yes. So you have to diversify. So not putting all your eggs in one basket and, and making sure you're setting yourself up with a diverse portfolio. It can even be with your, your one business, right? Diversifying yes. that business model into different service lines and products, uh, products, right? Or doing what, like what you did, you have some real estate, that you have, right? You yes. you have some services. You're you're catering to like the elderly and some and other populations of uh, people that are in need. So let's talk about diversification. And from Absolutely. your perspective, how important do you think it is for entrepreneurs to diversify their business? I believe it's it's nearly everything beyond the spiritual component. It's everything. If you put I mean, because sometimes when you you hear messages about people telling you to focus, to specialize, to niche down, and and there's validity in that, but that does not mean that you 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 
put you, you narrow yourself into this one little area and you're so confident that that's going to work and you and you think that that's going to be your end game and that's it that's it's, it's dangerous it's very dangerous now the benefit of diversifying is especially if you are getting into new markets that are either untapped or they're new to you you don't know how it's going to play out now you have to feed your family. You can't afford to take a risk on just one thing, not really knowing what the result is going to be. And I'll say the benefit of me diversifying in the beginning, there were times where one location might have really been profiting and then another location is running in the red. Well, when you have other businesses that you can pull from, now you can kind of help support one when one is struggling and going through that seasonal thing you're talking about. And it's just, it's really helpful. Things like, um, like some people, they like to get grants and they might get a grant. And I had this experience. We were awarded a quarter million dollar grant to provide free tutoring services in the public schools, title one schools. And it was an amazing program. They pulled the money because it was associated with No Child Left Behind. After one year, they pulled that program from everybody. Now imagine if me and my partner, if that had been the only thing that we had been doing at that time, it would have been heartbreaking. Well, it was heartbreaking anyway, but it would have been financially devastating. Right. And so being able to have, like even like you said, it can be the same business, like let's say the child care center. I'm going to rely on tuition from private pay. I'm going to accept vouchers. I'm going to accept foster care payments. I'm going to participate in the food program. And that way you have these different streams of income within the same business that can really help you when some of the other one, some of the other sources are not coming through as they should. So it's very important to survival. Very important. That's fantastic. Okay, so you said that you've been an entrepreneur. I, I'm thinking that's full time since you have all of these uh, businesses going on. So in your five year journey, what has been like your biggest challenge that you've had to overcome or you could even be working through it right now? Yes. Okay, so I've been successfully full time self-employed for 14 years now, and um, that started at age 26. Um I think that the most the most difficult part, oh boy, Ooh, if I, I mean, because there's been so many challenges thinking about ranking them. I'll say the population that I'm passionate about serving, the lack of resources, trying to balance making your services affordable with keeping that quality up. And when you're talking about childcare or assisted living for disabled adults or elderly people, it's, it's very difficult to try to cut corners. There are only but so many corners you can cut before quality suffers. And in my line of work with those particular businesses, quality equals the quality of someone's life, the safety of someone's child, right? And so trying to get customers to understand that you need your prices to be a certain way to be able to pay your staff and pay your overhead and keep that quality there. It was difficult because even those who understood it, that did not magically make them able to afford those services. Yeah. And so the, the challenging part is I spent probably the first decade of my business life running low-income programs that caused me to feel like I was a nonprofit and having to rob Peter to pay Paul just to be able to provide these services at the price that the consumers could afford. And that, I would say that was the biggest challenge because it caused me to have to get creative in what I had to do to continue providing these services, which meant I had to wear a lot of hats. I mean, I had to be, I had to serve so many roles because I couldn't afford to pay anybody to do those things. And I did suffer burnout. I did have a burnout period. Now, did you eventually um, partner like as a solution to that? So I was, you overcame the, the challenge and that's a challenge for not only you, but I know a lot, a lot of us as entrepreneurs and, and business owners, but how did you overcome that challenge? Was part of that partnering up 
uh, with other organizations, other companies or individuals? I would say the problem with the lack of resources is still an ongoing challenge, but finding people did help because in the case of the daycare, I actually decided to, I was going to close it down because when I hit that burnout phase, I, I was through, you know what I mean? But I said, you know what, before I, because I don't like to give up. So before I shut down, let me make sure I do everything I can to see if there's anybody out here who may be young, vibrant, refreshed, ready to just focus on this one industry, give it their best and then see what we can do. Because what I told myself, if I can't guarantee the quality in these type of industries, then I have a responsibility to shut it down. Because like I said, people's lives are in our hands and I'm not just gonna try to make a dollar and have a childcare center running any type of way. I was fortunate enough, I went through a lot of people. A lot of people gave it a shot and were not successful, but I finally found a person that I was able to collaborate with. And it's not a formal partnership from the legal definition, so I call it a collaboration. And we have a collaboration agreement where I pretty much gave her the daycare. And I say, you take it, if and you, you make it, it profitable, you run it, you do a good job, just give me my percentage and, you know, and you have the bulk of it. And she felt like it was a blessing and she went in there and t- right now it's been a little over a year that she's been there. And now quarterly we profit share, there is a profit to share. And she focuses on that. She doesn't have other businesses that she's running and she's able to give it her best. And so that's like a dream come true for me because the name lives on, the business lives on. We have a lot of customers where their children grew up with us from the time they were six weeks old, right on up until they were like 11 and 12. So it meant a lot to me to be able to find someone. When I saw the success of that collaboration, a light bulb went off and I said, you know what? Maybe I need to get back to business, but I need to focus on building teams. I need to focus on finding people, collaboration, not employees, finding people who also have the entrepreneurial spirit, but may not have the resources to get started or do it alone. And I do. So if I can collaborate with them, well, to me, that sounds a lot like private equity, right? That's where the um, private equity idea came from within the past several months that I'm working on is building a portfolio where I own multiple businesses where now I'm not the person wearing all these hats and running around with the day-to-day operations. Other people are, but I'm able to pull on passive income. That's it. Passive income. Yes. Passive income. Yes. Yes. And so that, that's, that's the model I'm using now to be able to have all these businesses and own all these businesses and not burn out. Oh, you said so much good, gave so much good information right there on the power of collaboration. Right. And always talk about people, you know, get off the struggle bus, (laughs) trying to do everything by yourself. There's so many ways you can build a team. They don't necessarily have to be employees. You have a community, a network of entrepreneurs and business owners. Start partnering up. Start collaborating. You gave a great example with the daycare. That's similar. We we had even this discussion, even similar to uh, models that I'm setting up for myself. I don't have to be, and I don't want to be in it. I want to share the wealth, right? And I want want to have a diversified portfolio. And and I want to help other entrepreneurs win as well. So with your scenario, now you're not being burnt out trying to run all these different things. You're bringing in partners that can help you, that are gifted in a particular area, that can take it and run with it. And what did you do is a fee split. So it's a win-win on all sides. You don't don't have to close your business. (laughs) No. And the fee split issue is um, moving away from the 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 greed model that our yes. capitalistic society is is um, instilling in people, I noticed with your affiliate program, very generous fee split, very generous. And I think make sure when you're partnering with people that you honor them and make sure they get what they deserve and maybe even a little more. You know, because if they're the ones that's going to be really running the day-to-day operations, you want to make sure they stay motivated and that they're seeing the benefit and that they still feel like they're an entrepreneur too and not just serving you. Absolutely. 
That's 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 what it is. That is so exciting. Yeah. So look, collaboration is such a powerful thing. Um, I I coined the phrase collab for coins. I right. Love it. Right. <laughs> so you're, you're collabing and you're you're creating a win-win for everyone that is involved, right? So where are you spending the most time? So you have this diversified model, which I think is so great. You're collaborating. Um, what is your primary focus? Like well, right now, right now, I have to admit that I'm kind of doing what I was guilty of when I first started business, right? Remember the overachiever thing? So I have three things that I'm focused on, but this time it's different because now I'm going into them with the teams and the focus is no longer just one main business. Now I recognize my strengths and what my gift is, and that's the gift of strategizing and helping helping to guide people on what needs to be done. So my main focus is on developing teams, mm -hmm. if I had to really narrow it down. But the businesses that I'm doing now would be um, the multimedia franchise for early childhood education, that's the Snidgets Project, the Good Note Capital, small business lending, that's non-predatory, and then we have the Diamond Lab, which is trying to encourage social impact entrepreneurship um, and making sure that people can get what they need efficiently, use a platform that doesn't have them in and out of all these different groups asking for this thing here, this thing here. It's like they'd be able to come in and have a vetting system that they can count on where they know they're like anybody that's associated with the Diamond Lab. They're not, in theory, they're not going to have to worry about sending their money to somebody and never hearing from them again or trying to give somebody business who woke up one day and decided they want to be a logo designer and this other person who's paying for their service doesn't know that they're just expecting that this company could be the same as one that's been in business for 15 years it's going to take a lot of the guesswork out of it and it's also going to help people to try to select and customize the type of teams they're looking for and so if you prefer to work with all women if you prefer lgbtq Plus, if you prefer the millennials, I mean, you get to build your profile to say what you're looking for and get matched with the people that fit what you want. And so it helps to save time because you're not just randomly asking questions in a group that might have a quarter million people in it and the people are giving you feedback and you don't even know who the people are that are giving feedback or who make who are making referrals. So the Diamond Lab. That's what that's all about. So those are the three businesses and they're um, they're all getting probably about the same amount of attention from me. It is causing me to I, I admit I'm back on the struggle bus, but only for you know how you know it is when you're building that building stage. Yeah, you're in grind mode. Yeah, I'm in grind mode. Oh, for, it doesn't for, last forever. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't last forever. I'm definitely not making it look sexy. I am struggling with it, but I, I feel like but the result and the, the pace at which they're all growing and the teams I'm working with is making it possible. So it's not as hard as it was when I first started. And now I have 14 years of more developed business acumen and knowledge to kind of know what to do and what not to do. Absolutely. So know that there's different stages. I, I like that you're taking us like through this journey of evolving as a business owner yes. and evolving as a business, right? And diver and diversifying. So you may have started a business, you know, two, three, four, five years or more ago, and now you want to do something different, or you want to add on, or maybe you've changed, right? You've evolved. So now you you have another passion. You have a a, the purpose is taking you to another place. And so that is all great. It's fantastic. Um, and so you may be, I, I, I think T.D. Jake said it on his show is not being afraid to be an entrepreneur, uh, um, a sophomore again, meaning you've reached a high level already. Like you've been in it, in the game 14 years. Now you're starting something new. It's a whole different, yeah. Yeah. it's a whole different experience. It's a whole yeah. different way of functioning. From yes. being mature in it to now you're really starting over brand new with a brand new babe, birthing out a new baby, right? That's exactly how it feels. Yeah. That's exactly so, how it feels. That's yeah. a great analogy. <laughs> That's a great analogy. So there, there is that, you know, you've been kind of smooth selling, you know, it's always a challenge. 
But as you get mature and you grow and you set your repeatable processes, like you said, then then you set it up to be smooth selling and you repeat, put it on repeat, rinse and repeat. But when you start that new baby, that new journey. Yes. There is a time, period of time that you yes. are in your grind mode, right? Yes. But you're setting it up so that you, you do that for a while so that you can put it, right? And position it that it is on like more on an autopilot that you have all your processes in place and it and it you have some relief so you're yeah. building it up it's just a different perspective it's a different time in your business and and how much and the type of energy you're bringing to your business yes absolutely I definitely feel like uh, I, I feel like a rookie again because I am, even though I feel like I have a decent amount of business acumen, the Diamond Lab, in a technical sense, is a tech startup. It's a tech startup, and it is amazing. Like, I have to rely on other people's knowledge because yeah. of certain things I just can't learn right now. If somebody else has to specialize in that. So the tech startup is, is interesting. Breaking into the finance world and the lending space is very new very new for me and i see um it's that we're, we're not represented as women in that space and we're definitely not represented as black women in that space and so breaking through those barriers definitely is requiring some uh, courage and I, I i'm just really learning a lot with the multimedia franchise same thing all of a sudden overnight now i'm a i'm a producer i'm a director i'm even i even act in some of the videos some of the videos you see you won't know it but it's me in the video actually you know or my children so you just end up doing all of these things and you don't know these are not things that you got a degree in but you just you start learning and you fake it till you make it until the people come that can do those things. Once they see your vision and they see you're serious and they see you have the resources to make it work. Yeah. How important do you think it is for entrepreneurs to be a learner and to be open and willing to learn? Oh, you it never ends. You have to be a perpetual student. That's my opinion. You if you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And you, you always need to be learning. The teams that I work with, I know they get tired of me putting um, educational videos in our group chats, um, recommending books, or just like testing people on things. I'm, I'm always telling people the world is constantly evolving. So if we're not, we won't keep up. We won't be competitive. We won't know what to do. So being open-minded, being groomable, and always having someone that you look to for mentorship, someone who's in a better position than you in certain areas where you're striving to go, make sure you have those examples in your life so that you can learn. If you know everything, you know, I don't, I don't think that works. I don't think that works. No, then, then you, you're at a comfortable place at this point and yeah. you're not being challenged at that point. Right. I, I don't know about you, but like I'm an overachiever, so I'm always ready for the next What's the next challenge? Yes. Um, but sometimes you 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 in it, you're doing good, you're making good, good money, then you get comfortable, yes. right? And then you stop pushing yourself into greatness. So you, we don't want to just be good. We want to be great. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, one, of, one of my peers said, it's important to be amazing at one thing. Like be amazing instead of good at a whole bunch of, of a whole bunch of things. Be yeah. amazing at one thing. What is that one thing that you are amazing at? Right? Yes. You have to you and you have to really think and like soul search like what is it that I'm amazing at? Right? Yes. Yeah. So that's very, that's a good that's a very good point. I wonder would most people be able to answer that question? Yeah, well it's something to really think about and get to the point where we can answer that question. Yeah. What, what are we amazing at? You know, so um, <laughs> I think I, I think I just found what it was for me within the past year or so. And for me, I would have to say it's divine thinking and, mm. and strategizing the way I think about things. And that usually ends up um manifesting into money being made as long as I have the people in people. place. 
Yeah. I have the people in people place. In place. Yeah. That is so important. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that, the importance of having people, like in the importance of collaboration, because I know you gave some examples. I don't think we can talk about collaboration and, and partnership enough and, and building those relationships because it's people that run the business, right? Yes. You need people at, at all ends. Yes, you need them. <laughs> um, you need people to be able to run a business. So for you to be able to do that, to build teams, which is not an easy thing, is a challenge for a lot of us that are out there. Just from your perspective and being able to do it, what are some tips that you would offer our audience for that would help them build like a, a, a dream team. Let's just call it a dream, their dream team. Well, I think it starts with self. You need to be the right person before you can attract the right people. And that's a lesson that I had to learn. Going into business at 26, I mean, you know, the average 25, 26 year old, they're usually not full grown adults. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's like um, I did. a, I, I went through this stage of learning myself and learning how I relate to the rest of the world. And I had a lot of work to do. I wasn't a mean person. I wasn't like extremely selfish. But because of my overachiever nature, sometimes the expectations that I had of people throwing people into a situation and just thinking that they should just, you know, just perform, you know, um, just making sure that my confidence doesn't come across as condescension. Working on all of those things um, was very important for me. And when I started working on those things, that's when I feel like I started attracting the people that were that could work with me and, and grow together. If you're not the right person, you can be a genius. You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't know how to deal with people, you can't build teams. You can't, you can, you can, you can start to build a team, but as soon as you expose those parts of yourself that are not um, so attractive, people will leave. There were, there, there were probably a lot of people I've had that I met over the years that probably could have been a good fit had I been the right person at the time. That's good. That's good. Oh, girl, I tell you, I was, I was, I was a mess. They, they, you know, pe people. I think what it is, a lot of people, they know that I work very hard and I have high expectations. But I still have a lot of people that I met back then that are still on board today. But they also were able to help me see those things about myself. Yeah, I think that's good. I think it's good to be open. Um, it, first of all, it's good to have a circle um, of other purpose-driven people or entrepreneurs, friends that get you, that are real, that will tell you about yourself because yeah. we have blind spots. Like we don't see ourselves. We can see other people, right? Yeah. But we don't see ourselves. So we need people to show us like, how are we showing up? And we may not think we're coming across one way. Right. Yeah. And so if no, we need somebody to tell us so we that we can take note and make the necessary corrections if we need to. Right. Yes. Because you're so right. When you're trying to build teams, you have to learn to work with people, all different types of people, yep. people from different cultures, people that have different opinions, different thoughts, different ideas, people that function differently. Right. Yep. People that have strengths. When you're in your areas of weakness, that that's what you want, right? Yes. So I think that that's so important, and it, it's important for us to talk about because if we if we want to scale our business, like you said, mm -hmm. right, and that's what we should all be wanting to do, we have we're going to have to build a team, and what that team looks like varies from business to business, but a team includes people. Yes, and have to get to the point where you're able to work with people and um, not just work with them, but provide an environment where they can thrive in their gift. Yes. Right? And yes. that we show them appreciation. Then when you do that, people will go work hard.
Yeah, they they will. They're all to you and your business. And when you find those people, you want to do what you can to keep you them. You want to do what you can to keep them because it is, it is hard to find good people. So even when you are the right person, you'll still attract people who are not the right people. And yeah. you have to do a lot of weeding out for people that because you don't have time to waste. But you do want to still extend opportunities. But when you find those rock stars, you want to cultivate and keep them comfortable and keep them encouraged. And it can be challenging because, you know, you have goals that you're trying to meet and you're trying to get people to understand that if you don't put in a certain amount of effort, you won't see the results. And so trying to trying to get that message across in a way that isn't like a drill sergeant. It, it, it's yeah. a skill to learn that one I'm still working on. Actually, I actually do. I give my teams a code word. There's a code word that if we're having a meeting or we're communicating and they feel like that, I'm just real getting real intense, not like disrespectful like that, but like, right, right, where, right. where it's just like, come on guys, we got to, they'll say the code word and the agreement that I've made is I will stop in my tracks, get silent and just take a moment to think about, okay, am I getting up here? Because I'm harder on myself than I am on anyone else. And so sometimes I don't even know when I'm doing it to other people. So I've given a code word and that, that strategy, it works. It's kind of, it's funny. I've added humor to it and it, and it works and I honor it too. When they use the code word, I have to stop. I have to stop for a moment and revisit it, you know, at a later time. I like that. I may use that um, technique. <laughs> I mean, because I think we're, 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 Similar, like I have high expectations of people, but yeah. I don't have any higher on them than I do myself. That's right. Um, so I, I have high <laughs> levels. Get yourself like, a cold word. I'm telling you, yeah. a cold word. It may sound funny, but because because what I had to realize is that part of me, as much as I try to work on it, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. So then you yeah. have to learn how do I work with this part of myself, myself yeah. and make it and make it tolerable for other people. Yeah. And that's what I came up with. <laughs> that's good. I mean, I, I think that's so important for us to come up with tools to help us in life and in, in, in business. And that's why we a lot of times struggle, no matter what it is, is because we don't, we don't have the tools. Yeah. That's why we need mentors and coaches and pe experts that help give us those tools. Yeah. Like to help us be yep. effective and be successful. Right. And not be afraid to say we need help or this is an area that I'm not strong in. Right. Yes. So that we can bring in the whatever we need to fill in that gap. Yes. So that we can be the best we can be and our and our business is operating at its highest level. That's so right. I think that that's really good. So what would you say thus far has been your greatest success? Let's see, the greatest success. Well, I guess first I would have to define success for myself. For um, wow. That, okay, so if I'm talking about global success and what I look at globally, I will say the legacy that is being created for my family. And I made a post the other day where I said, you know, there are four generations of my bloodline still alive. I have, um, you know, children and I still have uh, grandparents. And so that's four generations. And I feel like I've been able to, be instrumental in, for lack of a better word, starting to break the generational curse for, um, for I would say for, for black families, because uh, generational wealth and um, leaving a legacy for your children is something that we don't do as much, not because we don't want to, but because it was not generally an opportunity we had. Um, things were taken from us. Uh, and then it created a mentality. So now that things are available to us, the mentality holds us back. So I would say the greatest success would be showing the family and being able to pull the family together to work on breaking those generational curses and making sure that we get better and better with each generation. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm all about 
wealth and legacy, right? Yeah. And that's how a lot of us get into get into business is so that we can leave a legacy for our families. Yes. And a lot, and a lot of us don't have a model, right? We don't have the model. Some of us are first generation, second generation. Like my parents were entrepreneurs. I had entrepreneurs, parents. I had entrepreneurs in my family. But for a lot of people, they didn't even have, they don't have that, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, that's important. Like shows like this, having connections of being able to see models, right? Yes. That have done it, that have been there to know that we can do it too, Right. If you're able to do a charity, if I'm able to do it, audience, you are able to. You do it. are able to do it. You you're are able to do it. If your family, if your generations before didn't do it, you're going to be the first one. That's yeah. legacy. Yeah. That's your legacy to be able to say that you're the first one in your family, the first generation to do this, or the first one to start a business, or the first one to get six figures in your business, the first one to get seven figures in your business. Whatever, yeah. the first one to invent a, a, a new product. Yes, intellectual to, property. Yeah. yeah right. It, the first one to get access to property, right? So I had a, a, a older, older aunt. She outlasts, like, she had so, so many siblings, like 12, like my father's sister. Wow. And she's the only, she outlived all of them. But she, they, they left a legacy in real estate. Like, you're in... Uh, uh, your rental properties and properties and things like that, owning a lot of real estate, which a lot of us don't have, don't know about, need to learn about. Women need to learn about it, yes. right? Um, because that is part of uh, wealth building and and leaving a legacy. Um, I know that's what my my parents did when they died. Just ha having properties that yes. have now that hold value. Yes. Yes. Yes, I cannot say that enough. The the real estate piece is so important. And if um, you know, we don't we don't have any properties that were left down to um our generation and now we have uh five within the family that I control and um and every time someone talks about either wanting to sell one or 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 something like that, I am fighting them. We're, <laughs> we're like we're we're like in a heavy exchange right. of like no, no, because that's that we want those. We may not benefit from it in our lifetime, but for below us, that's going to set a platform for our children, the other generations, to be able to be a lot more comfortable, to be able to do a lot more, and not have mortgages to worry about. And that's very important to me. I, I can I oftentimes visualize the future, and I want to see my children's children being able to know about grandma and great grandma and the things that were done to get them there. And they still have some of the same homes that we grew up in. You know, I, I want that for our family. Absolutely. Like, this is so fantastic. I'm loving this. Okay. So I have two um, final questions for you. So the first one is, I want you to bring the perspective of being a six and seven figure earner. Okay. Right. For our audience, can you share with us your tips, right, for entrepreneurs and business owners? Who, who desire or who are working towards being six and seven figure earners in their business, what tips would you offer them to get there? Okay. Well, one quick way I summarize it is saying you got to do the work. That's one thing I say just overall, you got to do the work. But here for this day and age where we have a lot of the passive income opportunities, what I want to um, advise people on is, Give it a shot at the passive income. Give it a shot. But if you're finding yourself not succeeding in that area, keep in mind, you might have to get active. You may have to do the brick and mortar businesses. You may have to do the service-based businesses to actually be like a stepping stone to get you in a position possibly to revisit the opportunity for passive income. I love the idea of passive income, but I think right now that's a, that's something that's being pushed on the people, but the whole story is not being told. I yeah. didn't get to a point where I started seeing passive income until at least uh, 12, 13 years of being in business. And I'm not saying that's how it has to work, but when I look through these groups and I see a lot of people um, sharing their failures and things and just why is it not working for me? Well, you may not be able to 
achieve that through an e-commerce store the way that you're doing it or with a saturated market. So if, it, if you give it a shot and it doesn't work, you may have to make sure you get involved with businesses that are absolutely needed, service-based businesses that the world can't do without. So you never have to beg for customers. You never have to, you never have to like push, like you, you know that you have a service that's needed. And when you run those and you do your time or pay your dues, then you'll probably be in a better situation as long as you're wise with your money. The money that you make from your businesses, don't just start spending it. You want to reinvest. You want the concept of compound interest. You want money that you make to make more money and that money make more money and that money make more money. And that's so I would say do the work. Don't spend the money. Invest the money. And uh, you might have to get active if the passive route doesn't go, it doesn't jump off for you in the beginning. Yeah. I like what you said um, about needs-based. I refer to it as needs-based business yes. or needs-based business industries, right? Um, that, is, that is so, like, like you said, there are just certain services that will always be needed. Um, even if you don't start up your own business, partner up with someone. Like daycares will always be needed. Always. Always be needed. Um, home care, home care, health care. Yep. <laughs> always. Will always be needed, right? The elderly population is, is a, that is a growing market. Like we've yeah, been. The baby boomers, they're here. They the, need us. The baby boomers. They need us. Find out what the baby boomers need. Get on it and invest yes. in that. Get get into a business that is going to serve the baby boomers. The elderly population is growing at a rapid rate. Yes. Right? Yes. So, and women, let me say, women are the top consumers. And yes. by 2020, they will be hold two thirds of the wealth, right? No of doubt. The money, of the money. Yeah. Right. Women have needs that will always be there. Find out what that is. The services that they need. Get into it. Yeah. Right. Those are two demographics that are exploding. If you can find your area in there, partner up with some people that are in those in those areas. Women. Right. Meeting women's needs. Right. Yep. Women meeting the needs of the elderly population. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. Now yep. you have to do something with it. Yep. Okay. Uh, but do your do your research. Okay, so let last question that I ask all of my uh, guests that come onto the show: If you had a magic wand and you could change anything in the world, what would it be? I would like the resources of the world to be more evenly distributed. Resources meaning wealth, water, uh, basic human needs. Um, nurturance, uh, education. I don't understand these disparities. So that I would definitely make, if I could wave the wand, I'm not talking communism, but I'm talking just more fairness, just more access in people. There shouldn't be as much suffering as there is right now. There doesn't have to be. Absolutely. There doesn't have to be. Was I supposed to do, name two things? One thing or two. Just things. one thing. That's, or, it, or that's two. it. That's it. Okay. I, that's I think that that's great right there. Yeah. yeah. Because that covers so much. It, yes. it covers so much. Now, how to do it, I have ideas about that, but I just wish if it was an easy fix that that, that would be fixed right now. Yeah. And I'm with you to see, like, why can't we, it, it, there's not an easy way to even change it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's an easy way and people just haven't figured it out or, or done anything. Yeah. And it's people doing things that we need more of us to do it to to uh close that disparity gap, right? Because yeah. I'm with you. Take a look at the Netflix series, mini series on Bill Gates. I think it's called In Inside the Mind of Bill Gates or something, and see how he worked with the team to figure out how to turn poop into water. I saw I saw part of it. Yes, yes, yeah. I, yeah. I saw it. Put in, <laughs> leave it in the comment. We, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna have her um, leave her information in the comments. Please leave that information 
I also in the comments for the people. I was so fascinated. There's, too. There is great work going on, but we need more of us uh, to, to do it. To, Let's to, get Vivi. We got to yeah. get Vivi and work yeah. together. But, it, but that was amazing. It, yeah, was, so it I, was so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was so amazing. I'm a geek. I love watching stuff like that. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So tell our audience, just remind them of uh, what you have going on and where they can find you. Okay, so I'm putting in here now. Please visit me on Facebook at The Diamond Laboratory. I call it The Diamond Lab, but it's spelled out The Diamond Laboratory because The Diamond Lab wasn't available. So at The Diamond Laboratory on Facebook, our website will be up soon. And we are getting ready to start recruiting for our uh, early adopters. So I'll be doing free trials during the beta testing phase. So stay tuned, follow us on the page, get plenty of free mastermind content and get updates on when we're dropping the product. Awesome. Thank you so much, Charity, for Thank being for on our me. show. You're Thank awesome. You. I really Thank have you, a lot of respect for you. Thank you so much. Thank you, audience, for tuning in. Every week, we bring on a new entrepreneur guest. As I, I mentioned, if you don't know, we will be ending, right, this season, October 31st, for us to rebrand the show. So we're super excited about it. I actually have a meeting about it tomorrow. Um, so we will be then reopening uh, the invites to have you for a guest in 2020. So look out for details on that information. Also, if you didn't know, we have an upcoming success summit, right? Mm -hmm. Purpose, Plan, and Prosperity is happening online October 21st through the 24th. Get your tickets. It is for Black women entrepreneurs. So if you know a black woman that wants to be an entrepreneur or a black woman who is, let her know that she needs to be at the Success Summit. We will leave the details in the comments. You can go to bit.ly forward slash BWP Success Summit 19. It's 24-hour access for all four days. No matter where you are in the world, you can attend. No matter what your schedule, no matter what your time zone, meet us there. It's going to be transformational. We are exploding our 2019. So tell your sister friends, right, to join you. Invite them because there's no woman left behind, right? So again, thank you audience for tuning in. Leave your comments and your questions. We'll come back and engage for the after party after the show. You guys, we'll see you next week. Until then, continue to pursue your dreams. Bye. Bye-bye.